welcome back for another episode. Excited today to dive into a topic that is really hitting a lot of people uh, and parents specifically, not just in sports, but in life in general. And that's simply, you know, what do you do about your kids and their anxious thoughts that they have? And there's an alarming statistic that the CDC said that about 50% of people are struggling with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideologies because of just things that are happening in their lives and they don't have the proper tools and the proper you know, strategies to help them handle situations like that whenever their thoughts are, are causing them to feel less about themselves than really what they should. And so Reed and, Jay, and Jimmy, you know, I'll kind of dive into this today because this is something I actually experienced with one of my players this year um, coaching them. And it's becoming more and more of a thing, right? And it shows up differently for every kid, right? But behavior does equal communication. So, you know, Rhea or Jim, I give it to you guys. Like, what do you think is is causing a lot of this anxiousness, depression, suicidality? I mean, it's more than just social media, obviously, but um, let's get into it. Okay, well, um, I'll jump in there first. And one thing that I notice is when people are feeling anxiety, especially kids, teens, the predilection is let's talk about it. Yeah. And anxiety occurs whenever there's some sort of apprehensiveness that's either real or perceived. And what happens is, here's what we're doing. We're avoiding, we're shutting down, we're becoming reactive, impatient, irritable, exhausted, drained, whatever way it happens to show up. But what's really happening is it's a physiological state. It's our body, a body state where a person, in this case, maybe our child or our teens, heart rate and muscles are contracting. So if you notice, like, I don't know about you guys, but when you feel anxious, what's your body doing? For me, I tend to make myself small. I cross my arms. I might curl up in a fetal position in the bed. I'm literally trying to contract. Yeah. And getting back to what I said, our predilection is usually going, okay, someone's feeling anxious. Let's talk about it. It's actually very counterintuitive, but that's the last thing that we need to be doing when somebody's feeling anxious. We need less talking and more feeling. So um, I'm just gonna give a quick example of this. My son had a presentation in front of the school uh, not so long ago, and he was nervous about getting up in front of them, even though he knows all the people personally that he's gonna be in, in front of. And I said to him, well, originally I started to think about what type of Anthony Robbins-esque speech I could give him. Then I went to like the YouTube videos and I was like, okay, be all you can be. And I'm like, let's hype him up. Let's hype him up. And yeah, he's getting hyped. But every single day, he was exactly where he was the next day. And then I tried a completely different thing, which was, I'm not going to talk to you and I'm not going to push and I'm not going to try and sell you on the dream, the Anthony Robbins dream, right? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lie down on the bed with you and allow you to feel your feelings. And I actually encouraged him, go into that feeling, go into your body and feel it, feel the anxiety, become friends with it. And while he was busy and after I kind of walked him through what I wanted him to do, I said, which means he's not running. He doesn't have to be anything that he's not. Uh, The thing I did was I'm not even going to pay any attention to you. I'm just going to pay attention to me. And I grounded my energy I made sure that my tightness, my contraction, my attachment to him getting out of his anxiety didn't become an overruling energetic force in my life. That's the magic elixir. Because if we just break that down, that means the parent is grounding their energy, so I'm not amping him up. 
with, I got to get through this. We got to fix this. We got to make sure he's ready for the game. That's one. So I've unburdened him with that. And the next piece is I've encouraged him now to go into his body and feel it. Feel the anxiety so that the feeling gets to be felt so that it doesn't play havoc in his body. And you know, we've, uh, we've, we've discussed this, Rhea, where you talked about like the pressure sometimes kids feel from parents, from yeah. from coaches, and then the parents are not even aware that they're doing it. Are there things that you see that parents maybe are doing that are maybe unconscious that are causing anxiety with their kids they can be more aware of? Yeah, the number one thing I think parents are doing that are causing anxiety is they're anxious. And they don't even, they're disassociated from their own feelings and they don't realize that they're they're anxious about their child's performance. They're anxious about their child's perception in the world. They're anxious about whether that child is going out and doing a good representation of me as parent with my unsung wants and needs and desires that's playing out in the path of my child. That, I'm anxious because when I was five years old, I didn't necessarily have the people around me to help me integrate and process my own anxious feelings. Where do they go? They didn't go anywhere. So now when something triggers it, like somebody says something or does something, I'm hijacked again and I'm anxious. And I don't even know if somebody asked me, are you anxious? If I haven't done the work, I'm going to go, no, but I just don't feel good. Or no, uh, I, there's nothing actually worrying me. But actually there's layers of anxiety that a parent is carrying. We saw this during COVID, right? It all came to a hilt because the entire household was being affected by an outside force. But then we had an inside microcosm that's occurring. And we had to go, what are we creating as the leaders of the pack, you know, the parents or caregivers, such that our anxiety about the world, the state of the world, the rights and the wrongs is not being infecting the kids like a virus. So this is why I'm saying this is so counterintuitive. It's you know, our brain is constantly wanting to get caught up in meaning and story. That's where the anxiety is coming from. So meaning and story is like, I can't crack open my head and I go, aha, that's where anxiety is. It's in this quadrant. It's only meaning and story. This person's not going to like me. Mom's going to think I failed. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make a friend. This teammate's not going to think I'm good enough. That's the anxiety. It's a story. It's a made up meaning and story that's pairing as real. So how do you get un, un, untangled from meaning and story? The only way is that you do the thing that nobody ever, nobody's teaching enough of, which is this is not a talking game. I know it would be really great if it was a talking game, but you can't deal with, a, you can't confront an emotional issue with a logical thing like talking. You have to come, an emo, and, and by the way, between logic and emotion, emotion will always win. Emotion is always going to win over logic. So you have to come with an emotional response. And your emotional response is attunement, listening, connection, touch, shared experience, and feeling. I'm noticing that I'm anxious because you're anxious. I'm noticing I was anxious before I even had kids. And now I have my anxiety. And now I have kids. And now we're both amping each other up. That's the reality. That's why kids are anxious these days. A lot of it is coming from the parents and I think if parents at the right time, at the right moment, tune into that, they'll see that that's true. Well, you know, going into that too, like I was talking with my my player this year and he would come up to me. He's like, you know, coach, I'm not, I'm not feeling right. Like I can't, I feel like I can't, you know, go and practice. I feel like something's stuck. And I was like, well, and, and what I did my best was, I was like, just 
being a, a, as monotone as possible. Like, okay, well, what what are you thinking right now? Or like, I ask him questions, right? Or I ask him like, hey, why don't you walk away, get a drink of water? How about you take practice off? Just get some space, and then just you know, or write things down. Is the things that I told him as well is some like little things that maybe you don't know why. Because most time kids are you know, they're fourteen years old, maybe they're they're teenagers their brains are developing, right? They don't know why they're thinking what they're thinking or what it may be come from, but if they can at least like get it out of their head by writing it or by, you know, even learning how to teach them how to breathe correctly, I think is also something that would be beneficial as well. You know, and so getting into that, I think that's as coaches, what we got to do as well is be a stable adult as well as parents with them to where if they come to us with something, you know, we are just, again, as, neutral as possible and curious and yeah. not so much worried about like, Oh man, how's this going to affect our team performance? More of like, how are we, how can I help this kid get through this, face this? So he becomes better on the other side of it. So the breath is designed. This is really, I think important because a lot of those people may not know why they're having people to breathe, having people breathe. Breathing is about being in your body. It's the same reason why people go to yoga and say they feel better. It's about being in your body. It's not about tree pose or downward dog. It's being in your body so that you feel. When you're breathing, you're actually slowing down your heart rate so that you can be in that moment. And in that moment, you're not thinking about the future or the past because you're in the moment of breath. That's why people feel calm. Same thing with working out. If you work out, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when you guys work out, you feel good, right? Sure. If you were stressed about something, do you feel better after you work out? Absolutely. Good. Because you're in your body when you're working out. That's why you feel good. Because you're no longer in your head. And once you're in your body, that those feelings that are all tight, like think of them like barnacles, start shedding off your skin. The only thing with working out that I would say for the audience is, I'm a big believer in moving your body if you're stuck in emotion. But if you ever want to get the true intel, like the self-awareness piece from the feeling, you, you're you uh, doing your breath and being in your feeling your feelings in your body, which means you slow down and you notice contraction or tightness in your body. And then you just stay with it and you make it feel welcome. And for some of you, that may feel a bit woo-woo, but I guarantee you, if you do a little bit of this work, you'll start to see it gets easier and easier. And then you'll notice that you have a way of not only getting the anxiety out of you, but um, you can also get an epiphany at the end of that. Working out is not going to give you the epiphanies. That's the thing. As much as being in your body and staying with the feeling. You know, what, what I notice is like parents in, in games, they get so emotional. And when their child, say, playing baseball or up at bat or they're shooting a shot in basketball and maybe their child doesn't do well and they get slowed down or frustrated or just upset. And to me, like the child can almost feel that and sense it. And like talking to parents, it's like, can you more focus on more of the, the process of your child through a sport, not so much the outcome and what they're going to grow and gain through some of these experiences let your child relax and enjoy the experience. Okay. So one trick that a parent can use to help with that exact situation is to imagine that every amount that you feel any sort of tightness, any sort of attachment, in fact, that's the key. Notice as a parent whenever you feel attachment to some sort of outcome. And this is a self-awareness piece because you're going to go about your life and notice, oh, I have an attachment to my child being polite. I have attachment to my child, you know, not feeling anxious when they're up to the plate. As soon as you notice that attachment, 
any amount that you're feeling attached, you are burdening your child by because they will they are going to feel it. Now, as parents, we never want to burden our child. We don't want to put any extra rocks in their backpack that they don't need to carry, right? So that is going to be a good trampoline for parents to go, I don't want to burden my child. So I now have to do something. And the thing that I want you to put in place is this. I am the sun and the child are the planets. And any amount that might, so the planets revolve around the sun. Any amount that I start spinning, my child, just because they're connected to me in that invisible umbilical cord, any amount that I spin, they're going to start amping up their spin. So I don't want to do that. I want to cut that and I want to ground myself because I want to unburden my child. And that I feel is going to be a, a, a something that parents can attach to, which would have them do the work in that moment to slow down and go, what's happening? So number one, look that you're attached. Number two, you start doing your breath and, and then that higher thought of, I want to unburden my child, not put rocks in their backpack so that they can be free I want to love them in a way they feel free. It's not my job to put my attachments on my children. That's my issue. And then see what happens. And it's not a perfect science. It's going to take practice to do that. But it's worth it. I think the key, you know, as we wrap up today, is like the key is starting on your own self-awareness, right? Realizing what your own anxious thoughts are and then understanding like, how do I help my kid by, like you said, just being with him and being a stable person, that adult, so that way their thoughts slow down and that way they can be less anxious. I mean, you're, you're going to have them, right? It's going to happen. It's part of life. It is what it is. But when you yeah. face them, like you mentioned, you just don't try to overtalk it. You just let him let it pass. And then kids' anxious thoughts become less and less control over them because they have a, a system in place to help handle them. Again, great topics, great conversation. Excited to dive into the next one, next topic. Make sure you tune in again as we get into more things to help our kids, not only in sports, but in life as well.